And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. On the phone line with us today is Dr. Michael Rechtenwald. And Michael, it's an honor to have you on with us today. Well, thanks for having me, Dan. It's great to be here. I somehow came across you on the Internet, and um, I think, oh, I know, I was um, exploring the Hillsdale College site for one of their um, lecture series, I guess it was, and you had something there on the Great Reset, and it really caught my eye. So um, maybe some of our listeners have heard of this so-called Great Reset, and I suspect many have not really paid much attention to it. So you're one of the experts. Can you tell us what this is all about? Yes. I mean, in in short, it is a project being uh, driven uh, by the World Economic Forum, which is uh, located in Geneva, Switzerland, and which holds their annual meetings in Davos. And it is largely an uh, an attempt to bring about and um, affect the uh, sustainable Development Goals of Agenda 2030 of the UN. Uh, the WEF is in a partnership with the UN, which they signed in uh, 2019, and the Great Reset is to bring about this uh, change in the economy and in our way of, way of life uh, according to Agenda 2030. That's the short answer. Yeah, that's a good answer. Well, let's peel the layers of the onion a little bit, and uh, somebody might say, oh, the U.N. is great, and uh, sustainable sounds really good to me. Why wouldn't I want that? Well, because what it has to do with is, uh, first of all, it's, it's effectively a deindustrialization process or, or project that, that would uh, decimate the economy at the very least. Uh, it has to do with... Uh, controlling all kinds of uh, behavior of corporations, of individuals, uh, and uh, it means basically uh, trying to counter or, you know, uh, mitigate so-called climate change. And in order to do that, these, uh, to bring about these sustainable development goals, uh, basically everything has to be, uh, you know, driven up from oil and gas and coal and all kinds of other uh, energy sources, fossil fuels in general, and also basically uh, the 2030 agenda basically bribes the third world not to develop. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, 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 it's for cash transfers from the, from the developed world to the uh, developing world, effectively bribing them not to uh, not to. Uh, not to develop industry so that they would then threaten uh, the uh, sustainability goals. They would threaten sustainability. And, 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 and something that's very, very important here is that it calls for uh, what they call gender equality. But what they mean by gender equality here is actually the promotion of women into careers for the express uh, reason of limiting their reproduction. Mm. The UN has been very, very, very uh, uh, clear for 50 plus years that they are attempting to reduce the population through reproductive 
uh, means, and they have, in the past, they have uh, promoted and even talked about forced sterilization and forced abortion. Uh, and now they're putting it in terms of so-called human rights and reproductive rights, by, what, by which they mean not the right to reproduce by any means. They mean the right not to reproduce, i.e. the right to have abortions, and they've been pushing this agenda for 50 years, and it's in this uh, 2030 uh, Agenda 2030 Sustainable Development Goals. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Some people think, oh, that's that's just another part of the world. That uh, doesn't affect me. But you know what? Um, I saw uh, a notice go around in our local town, just a small little town here in upstate New York, and these kind of words were being used, sustainable development, and it and it was definitely um, in line with UN Agenda 2030. And this is a little backwoods town. And so, yeah, this stuff is becoming pervasive. It's becoming mainstream. And what Dr. Rechtenwald is talking about today is very real, folks. Yes, it is. And, you know, it's going. It's already in, uh, infiltrated every, almost every major uh, corporation. Uh, it's being driven through what they're calling stakeholder capitalism and the environmental, social, and governance index on the stock market, which is gearing all investments toward the sustainability agenda at the exclusion of other investments. And banks are also participating. Your bank may very well be involved in doing this, in bringing about the 2030 agenda. That's right. Well, it uh, it bothers me very much. Um, for one thing, it, it, it chips away severely at human freedom and human flourishing. Um, fossil yeah. fuels, fossil fuels alone, just 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 that one, has been a a wonderful blessing to mankind. It's allowed us to, you know, mo- power most of our vehicles. It powers most of the um, um, electric plants actually in the nation. I, I forget something like sixty percent. So if we didn't have that, um, we would we would well go through a depression and many people would die basically so uh yeah. we need fossil fuels and um i've got some experience in the solar and i've not been impressed with uh, the limitations of solar <clears throat> pardon me and and the fact that they're only part-time capable you know nighttime they shut down during a storm, they're shut down. When it's overcast, they're shut down. When they're covered with snow, like here in the Northeast, <laughs> they're shut down. So it's not a panacea. And uh, on some of these large uh, wind turbines, uh, people don't want those things in their backyards. You know, if they live along a nice shoreline, they don't want to see this thing going clunk, clunk, clunk and uh, chopping up the birds in the sky. Uh, they just don't want it. Right. And, uh, so th- this is uh, basically what the Great Reset does. And as I said, the World Economic Forum is driving it, and they have, part- they have over a 1,000 partners, corporate partners worldwide. And these partners are all committed to this uh, agenda. Uh, and so we're looking at, for example, uh, in the banking industry, for example, in, uh, Bank of America, Citigroup, Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan Chase, 
Morgan Stanley, uh, Wells Fargo, all of these banks are involved in this. And it goes, uh, and so they're saying basically uh, the CEO of, uh, of the Bank of America, Brian Moynihan, recently suggested that, uh, if you're, if you're, if your company or even as an individual, if you do not meet this, uh, ESG bar, the Environmental, Social, and Governance Index bar, you will not deserve loans. You will not deserve investment. So this is a way of starving businesses out of business and feeding this, these woke corporations to the exclusion of others. This is why I say it's a cartel scheme and a monopoly scheme. It's a shared monopoly scheme. Yes. It's a way of yeah, creating a cartel that you get membership into and excludes others. And this starves these other companies out of business. Yes. This is a very serious thing. Um, today we're talking with Dr. Michael Rechtenwald, and uh, let's just take a short subroutine here for a moment, as it were, Michael, and tell us about your background, if you would, please. Oh, certainly. Uh, so uh, I am uh, from the Pittsburgh area. I uh, grew up in a large Catholic family and uh, actually attended a seminary in high school uh, that went on to be a uh, a uh, pre-med student and that uh, decided against it became in a, an English uh, an English major in college uh, graduated from the University of Pittsburgh and uh, way back in 1983 then went into advertising for nine years then I went back to graduate school and got a degree in uh, English literature at Case Western Reserve University and a PhD at Carnegie Mellon University and went into teaching in the university level, and my last position was at New York University, where I was a full professor for 10 years. But I had a run-in with the woke, uh, the woke uh, police, if you will, at NYU, and effectively drove me out of the university system. And so I was one of the early cancel culture victims. Uh. And it, I should say, though, that uh, the Lord works through this whole thing and uh, right. is using me much greater mission. And I, I, I'm doing just fine, in fact, thriving like never before. So oh. uh, it's very interesting how things work and uh, that I uh, could be, uh, you know, now I'm speaking to uh, an audience that's far greater than anything I could have reached through academic means. And uh, so... And also, I had a conversion experience during this time at the, when that was being canceled by Christianity. Uh, and back to Christianity, I had mm-hmm. been an agnostic many years, but um, I had this conversion, and uh, so that's where I am today. It's very interesting. And we had you scheduled for another time, and... You had uh, an interruption, uh, speaking of being popular now, um, I believe it was to go on the Laura Ingram show, and I thought, that's right. wonderful, that's wonderful, please do it. <laughs> we can wait, okay. yeah. uh, we can wait. Get I'm us- sorry about that, yeah, but that, that came up, and um, that's, that was an opportunity to talk to two, two million people, so I had, a, yeah. I had to take that. Yeah, it's wonderful. No, no, not at all. I 
I was uh, delighted over that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny, behind the scenes, I was I was terribly busy that day anyway, and I thought, ah, oh, that's a relief. <laughs> oh, okay, good. That worked out then. Yeah, it was no problem. Well, today we're talking with Dr. Michael Rechtenwald, and I first found out about your name. I was looking on the Hillsdale College site, and uh, they were having some series of lectures, and your topic was concerning the Great Reset. But, you know, I had heard that term used before, and I got thinking back, and I realized, wait a minute, some of our politicians actually have touted this phrase. It is their stated goal to implement the Great Reset. And you've only mentioned a couple of things. Uh, some of the other things are, are control over entire control over our health care, our health decisions, right. entire control over our food supply. You got any comments about yeah. the food supply? Oh yes, um, I finished. I just finished a book on this uh, on the Great Reset, and there, there's a reset of the agricultural industry that's underway. And this is why you saw the protests, for example, in uh, the Netherlands yes. about uh, the farmers protesting because they're they're cutting the use of. Um, you know, uh, nitrogen-rich fertilizer. Yes. Because of so-called uh, greenhouse gases that they emit. And they're also calling for the, uh, the elimination of 30% of their, of their cattle. And also now they're calling for anti-burp legislation because they, they suggest that cows burping produces a significant amount of methane. So they're, they're, they're actually now dealing with legislation that would uh, try to intervene on their cows and eliminate some of this burping because this burping is apparently supposedly contributing to climate change. So this is about total control of all these industries, agricultural, industrial, energy, uh, and then it's going to come down to an individual level where we will they're going to try to subject us to a, a personal uh, carbon footprint allowance and this was touted at the World Economic Forum in May, uh, and the uh, the organization is Alibaba Group, which is out of China, that is running the social credit score system in China. They are introducing these uh, personal carbon footprint tracking. Uh, so all of this is going to be some very personal, as it isn't already. Yeah, it really will be becoming very personal, and when it does, it will have been too late. Uh, we will have we at that point will be controlled by tyrants. So, this is not just made up stuff. This is not uh, just a mere theory, like uh, some wacko theory. No, this stuff is actually happening. Like I shared earlier, it's coming down to the local town levels. I've already seen it in the town in which we are living. What are some of the other draconian measures that you have seen flow out of the WEF in this Great Reset? Well, if you if you notice that uh, we, we saw the collapse of Sri Lanka, for example, uh, and they're falling into... Uh, conditions in which food shortages started to arise and people were hungry and without energy they um the the, the president of sri lanka had called a total ban on nitrogen nitrogen rich fertilizers which caused a 50 to 50 percent drop in their out crop output and began creating 
hunger, and uh, they also had fuel shortages. And they, this was all due to the policies coming out of the WEF, the World Economic Forum. Yes. Because they had a, a young global leader, one of their uh, administ- one of their bureaucrats had attended the young global leaders' uh, meetings at, at Davos, uh, run by the World Economic Forum, and began to introduce these policies, which were then adopted by the president. Yes. So these are, these are the that are happening. Yes. That's, this explains a lot of the out, you know, uh, and Canada is being, uh, is being, uh, uh, faced down with this because, uh, Trudeau in Canada is, is demanding that the ag- agricultural industry cut their emissions by 30%, uh, again, calling for the reduction, of, or if not the near elimination of uh, nitrogen rich fertilizer, which will cause food shortages again, uh, and this, this could really be significant. And the Netherlands, back to the Netherlands, they are the second largest agricultural exporter in the world. Mm. So if their, their agricultural industry gets decimated, this could lead to famine. It could. And I hope people have heard that loud and clear. This could lead to famine. Absolutely no question about it. Now, I'm, I keep thinking back in my mind, uh, when I was a boy, uh, my dad enjoyed growing good grass and one of the ways you do that you you have to fertilize it and one of the big elements of the fertilizer that makes it green is nitrogen and so if your nitrogen level is high and i remember back in the day scott's fertilizer had a good nitrogen level it resulted in very rich green grass But there's another connection here. Um, To get this nitrogen fertilizer, and I understand some people don't like that, but that's not the discussion today. To get that nitrogen fertilizer, um, I believe you develop it through use of natural gas. Have you seen that connection? Correct. Yes. It's developed through the use of natural gas. It's the only way you can produce it right now. That's correct. So... um, when they cut the natural gas, um, and they got cut all kinds of gas, regular gas and propane gas, the you know the oil that we heat our home. Not only do you go cold in the winter, um, you also reduce the ability to create good fertilizer, which then has a ripple effect the next year and the year after, so that your food supply um, is drastically reduced. And, of course, that's their whole goal. Now, let's go back to this uh, thing regarding population. Um, Mm -hmm. As a Christian, I came to the understanding that God loves people and our most valuable resource in this entire world uh, is our people. It's not not just the the fossil fuel or the water or the air. It is the people that, that utilize all these things and then who invent new technologies and new developments, new medicines to help people thrive. And this world is nowhere near overpopulated. Back to you. That's absolutely correct. And as, 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 as the Bible says, Genesis one twenty eight, be fruitful and multiply. This is not an option. This is actually a command. So yeah. this... this um, this organization, the WEF, the World Economic Forum, and the UN, 
and some of their cognate organizations that are also involved, like the Club of Rome, they have been population so-called ethicists for for many years. They've been decrying the growth of population. They've been arguing that we have to we need to stop population growth entirely and reduce the population dramatically in order for the quote unquote for the planet to survive. So these people worship the planet, uh, and they despise human beings. I could cite passages from people that are involved with the World Economic Forum that would make your skin crawl for the kind of things they say about human beings, mm. um, that they don't uh, deserve to live and that uh, we'd be better off with 30,000 30, more whales than we would with us. Uh, a hundred thousand people and the human beings have no value, but these animals do. Uh, basically, they are very much, they're very misanthropic people. Uh, that is, they do not like humanity and they don't want to see, uh, uh, the humanity thrive. And they think that we are a scourge on the planet. They think that we are effectively, uh, you know, we're, we're evil incarnate, according to them. Yeah. That's where they're from. Well, uh, one of our goals as Christians is to see people thrive. And they may not be in our tribe and <laughs> our nation or whatever, but they are all made in the image of God. And so it has right. nothing to, it has nothing to do about race so-called, quote-unquote. Actually, there's only one race, and that's the human race. But uh, anyway, we're talking. We're talking today with Michael Rechtenwald, and Michael uh, direct folks to. I believe you've written a book so that they could get a hold of this book and learn more. Yes, that's uh, everything is on my website, michaelrechtenwald.com. And if you go there, you'll see on the left side uh, you're able to pre-order my book, which is coming out soon, called "The Great Reset and the Struggle for Liberty." Uh, and uh, so basically, this is a struggle for our freedoms and for our thriving, for human uh, survivability even. Uh, so this book not only details the whole gamut of issues facing us with this Great Reset, but it also includes a nine-point plan for countering it, for what we can do to uh, to resist this, too. Oh, not that's... let it go. That's yeah. important. Um, would you share one of the points, and then the person listening could go get the book and read the rest of them? Oh, sure, absolutely. Let me um, just tell you that uh, they all have subpoints, but I'll just list one of the points and a couple of the subpoints under that. Yeah. So this nine-point plan, which is part of what I'm calling the grand refusal of the Great Reset, mm. uh, one of the things we must do and this is something we can do, is we must put extreme pressure on government representatives to protect national sovereignty and individual rights, uh, to divest and dissociate from the World Economic Forum, mm. because they are actually, we have relationships with that organization, the, uh, the U.S. does right now. They're involved in a partnership with the World Economic Forum, uh, to withdraw um, stock uh, pensions pensions uh, from the ESG stock. Uh, there's there's a number of governors in the United States that are already on this. 
they're withdrawing. I think Alabama withdrew some $500 uh, billion dollars from uh, one of the major asset managers that is running this show, that is BlackRock, Inc. Oh, yeah. So we need more governors to to withdraw their their pension plans from these uh, these organizations like BlackRock and State Street Vanguard Group. And then uh, one of the other things is that we will need to build parallel economies uh, where we have like-minded individuals who will, uh, you know, sustain our, a parallel free market system because this may be necessary to keep alive while they try to d- destroy it. Yeah, very true. It pays to have a band of brothers in your local town, and I'm talking about Christian brothers who watch each other's back. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Michael Rechtenwald. I interrupted you at the last moment there. Go ahead. You had something else to say. No, that was it. I just wanted to say I appreciate you having me on. And uh, and once again, if you go to my website, michaelrechtenwald.com, um, you'll see all of the work that I'm trying to do, and also you could pre-order that book. And, uh, and uh, I would encourage you to look at the end of the book in particular about how we can stop this after you read about all they're trying to yes, do. Yes, yes. And at the local level, uh, when they bring this up in their town meetings, uh, if you understand what the end point is, you're going to run from this thing like a wildfire, dear friend. Uh, you don't want anything to do with it. Dr. Michael Rechtenwald has been our guest today. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And dear listener, please join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer. <laughs> 